Are you ready? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's do it. Thank you for joining us on The Change Artist, where we bring our listeners stories and great advice for leading and following through change from business leaders who are making a difference in their organizations. Here on The Change Artist, our motto is, if change is the only constant in life, let's do it better. So let's jump right in. Sarah, what is your top piece of advice for leading through change? Hi, Alyssa. Um, thank you for having me here today. So I really do appreciate it. The, the top piece of advice in terms of a leader leading through change, it would be explain the reason for the change. Because sometimes we come in and we say, oh, we need to change this. We've got to do this and we have to do that. Or maybe it's through an acquisition and companies do things differently. Explain the reason for the change. And when you come up against some resistance, be empathetic, listen to that resistance and ask questions and seek to understand why there is some resistance to the change. Um, Because you never know what other experiences other people have been through and what they might want to share as well. That's great. Now, for those of you who don't know her, Sarah Bennett is the Vice President of Global Revenue Operations at Informatica a leading software development company specializing in cloud data management and data integration software. And she's worked through a ton of change, both professionally and personally. Originally from Australia, she's been in the U.S. for seven and a half years as part of global relocation and and global career evolution. So I want to get back into listening and asking questions. Are there times in your career where you feel like you've been part of change where that's been done particularly well? Oh, yes, definitely. Uh, and I'm glad that you brought up those, those pieces around career change as well as moving, uh, moving countries, Alyssa. So one of the best pieces of advice that I had when I was moving countries was from someone who said, accept every invitation. Now, depending on what your personality is, that might not be something that you want to do. I'm not great when it comes to meeting new people, but it was something that I had to embrace And then when you meet people and say, oh, I just moved here, you often find that they're, oh, wow, that's great. What can I help you with? Here's some advice and do this and do that. And I had the ability then to ask lots of questions to be able to embrace the change and become more involved in the new culture that I was a part of. That's great. So as I think about then translating that experience into, into professional change, specifically in the revenue operations area, revenue operations is not a hundred year old function. That's right. So how do you think about that experience, digging in and being empathetic and listening as you're driving change around standing up whole new functions and whole new parts of the organization? Uh, To keep up to date and to help our sales teams with their productivity, we run lots of programs. So we have to create and invent uh, and obtain feedback on programs that we think will improve their productivity and help them sell at the end of the day. That means change for that group, especially too when we have changes in our products. And right now Informatica is going through that change from on-prem to cloud. And so there are different things that we need to help educate our sales teams on, on how they manage through that change and allowing them to feel comfortable to ask questions as well when they're not sure. We also want them to be open-minded and we in revenue operations want to be empathetic to the things that they need to go through in order to institute change and have those conversations with their customers. 
it's not easy going through the modernization and, and transformation process. So we do want to be very empathetic to that. And how, as you're working with salespeople, do you strike the right balance between change and stability? So this is a perennial question in annual T and Q planning processes. You know, are we changing, for example, our, our quota and our compensation plans year over year? And how does that impact our salespeople in terms of the way they come to customers and the way they go to market, the way they can plan for their own sort of financial stability and their, their own income? Salespeople would love to see 100% stability so they know that things they did this year are going to turn into dollars next year, um, where organizational priorities may be evolving and require some change. So how do you balance that? You raise a really good point on the stability piece, Alyssa. It is natural for humans to resist change because there's a fear of the unknown, which means that we fear an upset in our stability. So for our sales teams, the way I like to operate is to collaborate with them when we're looking to make change. Yes, their compensation plans will change because there are behaviours that we want to drive to help support that change. But the way that we roll out our programs is to collaborate with them and almost form what I would call councils, sales rep councils. And it's cross-functional, not just in sales. You have your pre-sales and you may have some product specialists in there as well. And we form councils to help drive the change. But we want to hear from them. They're the ones that are in the field. They're the experts. They're the ones talking to the customers all the time. So it is very important to not dictate the change. We can explain to them why we need to make the change. Again, back to my original point, always explain the why and incorporate the feedback from them to ensure that we're listening and that we think that we can help them get across that line. The, the stability piece is very, very important, especially when that's how you earn your money. So when you're dealing with these cross-functional councils and you're collecting potentially conflicting feedback, how do you manage the messaging and how do you manage the relationship, taking into consideration the fact that you can't always honor and incorporate all the feedback that you receive? I'd like to say 80-20 rule, right? Keep 80% of the people happy. <laughs> uh, not always the case. I think it's important to hear everyone's opinion. So if you're a follower of change, I would encourage people to speak up and not think that your opinion doesn't matter as you're going through that collaborative process. And sure, there have probably been times when you've provided input and that input hasn't been heeded. But when you strongly believe it, then you, you need to follow through on it. In terms of managing that in a larger group, it's definitely very, very challenging. But I have found that when we can find what the commonalities are in the groups, and that it's going to be better for each member of a group in some way, shape or form, we tend to get people on the same page. But again, I'll go back to you explaining the why, why the change. Yes, there's going to be some resistance, seek to understand it and continue to explain the why. And how do you think about incorporating data into that conversation and using data to help shift people's mental models and, and drive the right change for the organization? Super important. Uh, as we go through modernization and transformation, data is key to understanding for revenue operations, how we can do things better, more quickly, and with scalability. And so if I'm looking at data, I'm looking at how long is it taking to complete a sales cycle? Who's involved? How many touch points are there? Why? 
Why are there that many touch points? And who's impacted by that? Could we do more if we reduce some of these frictions? So those pieces of information are really important to help drive the outcome of moving more quickly with speed and agility in the business that we're running. So as you're going through these change efforts, and I know that in revenue operations, sometimes that change, and maybe this is beyond RevOps, right? That change feels constant. How do you know if you've been successful? The change is constant. Yes, it is. <laughs> and not just in revenue operations, it's definitely constant uh, for our field teams as well. When you are working in an organization that supports some kind of vector in the IT industry, uh, that's always going to be fast moving. Measuring the change against the baseline that you've created. So I just talked about number of transactions in the, the, the sales cycle and closing them more quickly, vo uh, volume, velocity, scalability. Set a baseline and then measure against that baseline. That's the most important thing that you can do. You've got to know your numbers. You've got to know your baseline. You also have to have a fair idea of where you want to get to. So make sure that you've got your goals in place as well um, and measure against the baseline and the goals to determine the success of those changes that you're looking to implement. Now, if you think you're going to fail, you want to fail fast. So as long as you've got those metrics in place, you'll understand if you're on the right trajectory or not, and you'll be able to course correct as quickly as you can. I love this. If you're going to fail, fail fast. I certainly believe in that. But I think that there can be a tendency on our teams to hide failure. Let's, let's obfuscate because it's not failure until everybody sees it. So let me see if I can fix this behind the scenes on my own. How do you get the people around you, whether it's the people who report to you, the people, your peers, or even sort of your, your steer co's, how do you get people around you comfortable with failure and forward facing around failure? Look, I think when you are working on projects, there is an inherent trust that is built within the team that you're working with. And through openness and trust and transparency, you have to come together. And it, it, it's not a project that is being done by one person. Everyone is in the same boat um, and you're working towards the same goals. And so I think openness and transparency around, oh, I'm not quite sure that this is the right thing to be doing and ask the group those questions. What happens if we do this? If we keep going down this track, I think we're going to go down here or I don't think we're going to achieve our goals. Maybe it's the time. Maybe there's a deadline that we're not going to meet. Well, okay, we might need to reassess what that deadline is. But in terms of the activities, I think we have to be open and transparent with our teams on whether or not we truly think we're, we're doing the right things. I think sometimes too that there can be distractions. So something else will come up and it's something new and we lose some focus. So recognizing if we feel like that's happening and bringing everyone back to the table of where we're supposed to be. So it's managing through that change. How do you maintain momentum when the team, it may be distracted or it may be that your project or the, the effort that you're, you're part of is being proactively deprioritized in honor of other, other fires that are burning or a reprioritization within the organization? How do you maintain sort of momentum on that particular project where appropriate and also momentum personally and from a career perspective as you feel like your success is being taken out from under you? Yes, I think it can feel deflating 
when you feel like your project has been deprioritized or or it doesn't feel like it's still adding value. But I think if you can understand where your project fits in with everything else, because sometimes you might be in a situation where you're working on a project and then others realize that X, Y, Z needs to be done first. Perhaps the problem is a little bigger than what we initially thought. So understand where your project fits in the place of everything else. Um, hopefully it doesn't mean a deprioritization of funding or of resourcing. Um, that can be challenging, but seek to understand where yours fits within the list of priorities. And that's okay if it does get deprioritized because something else has come up. It doesn't mean that your project is any less important than it was before. It's still important. Something else has come up. Um, and, and if you understand where your place is in that, then you should feel okay about it. It's still important to get it done. Has there ever been a time where you've been leading change and specifically behavior change and you felt like it wasn't going to work? I have. I have run projects before where I felt like I um, encountered bias and it was challenging for other people to, to be on the same boat that I was on. So I had to face the bias, um, understand why, and then try and work around that. Basically, it was through perseverance in support from the leadership teams who understood that why this change was important. And in particular, this uh, that what I'm referring to as a tool that we were implementing. It was a new system. And I was, you know, like I said, encountering bias from people who either didn't want to do it or didn't really want to participate or didn't really want to do the work. And so I did have to go on and swap out some of those team members for those who truly wanted to be a part of it and be a part of driving the change and making it successful change. And as we think about then the bias that you encountered and this leadership support that you had to overcome that bias, what do we mean by meaningful leadership support? So those leaders will hold you accountable for the results and the impact of the drive that you're trying to change. So if they're going to hold you accountable, then they need to make sure that they are providing that meaningful support. Uh, and the meaningful support means if I'm encountering stop gaps, for example, they might need to get involved or promoting the activity that's happening. You know, we, it could be as simple as saying on, on all hands, this project is going on, please lean in and provide your support. It could be as simple as that. Even that can be meaningful, even though it's to a broader audience. They can also get involved themselves, invite them to a project team meeting for a status update. Make sure that they understand all the way through the journey, what the impact has been so far, where you're up to and where you're going to get to and understanding what that deadline is too. So get them involved if you need to. And how do you think about framing your request for help? I think sometimes we find ourselves in a position of needing help, but being nervous about asking for it and not really knowing how to go about it in a way that doesn't feel like copying to failure or complaining. So how do you think about framing and ask for help? So what I would say on that is pointing out the facts, being direct and being transparent about what's working and what's not working. It's simple as that. I mean, at the end of the day, everyone is working through this project together, uh, looking for it to be successful. 
And the success of the project isn't just for the people that are on it. It's for everyone else. It's all of the stakeholders that this is supposed to be supporting. And so if you're not getting the right help from the right people, then you do have to ask for it from leadership and ask them to step in if need be. I mean, it's as direct as that. As you've worked through change in the past, have there been people who've been particularly supportive, mentors or advocates, enablers that you can think of? Yes, definitely. I actually think I've been very lucky with the types of leaders uh, that I have worked for who have all been very supportive type of people. I would also say, you know, in terms of the, the move from one country to another, family and friends. So, so don't forget that regardless of whether it's professional or not, what the influence of your family and friends can be on enabling you with, with going through change and supporting you. Uh, so I think, you know, from both perspectives, you've got good leaders, good mentors, friends and family, all of these people who can be supporting you as you go through any type of change, even if it just means talking something out. It could be as simple as that or thinking about something differently. I think that's important, particularly in times of frustration or when you need more support. So don't forget that you do have family and friends to support you as well. Because I love this about reaching out to family and friends, people who already know you and that you can bounce ideas off in a safe environment. Yes. How do you create some of that psychological safety in the office or in, in your career, in the professional setting? So I think there are times where it's appropriate to be a little bit vulnerable, to, to come into a project or maybe it's a smaller group and, and, and express concern or say that you're worried about not getting to a point that we need to get to and express why. Perhaps tell them a story of an experience that you've had before where you saw something going down the wrong track and that's what you're experiencing right now and you're experiencing that same feeling. So share that, be a little bit vulnerable about it and see what their feedback is because I can guarantee you that every one of those people has probably experienced the same thing before. And when they recognize the commonality of that feeling, they'll embrace you and, and most likely try and work together with you to get it back on track. So again, openness and transparency, but taking it that little bit step further and being a little bit more vulnerable and telling stories is a great way of doing that. I love that. So I want to shift the lens here a little. We've talked about leading through change, but based on your experience, you mentioned earlier that your advice to followers was around speaking up through change. Talk to me a little bit more about what it means to speak up through change and particularly what it means to speak up constructively through change. Yeah, so I mentioned earlier that it's a fairly natural human behavior to resist change. And you will have people who do fear it and who don't really want to speak up. So asking questions, again, to help those people speak up. My advice to followers would be to be open-minded. Don't fear change. For the most part, we don't try and institute change in our lives for the sake of it. It's for a reason. So try and spend some time being open-minded and understanding the reason for the change. And if you've got an opinion on it, then please share it. Be constructive about it, obviously, 
or share again you can share stories analogies are a great way of saying well I've seen this before and that didn't work so can you learn from that experience share a learning that you might have had through a similar change experience don't sit sit and be concerned and worry about the change without sharing it have you observed people that do this really well have you had followers that have been able to pipe up constructively that you feel like they've just they've had a big impact on the change and also a big impact on the broader team based on the way they've done that i have um i do think alessa that in this virtual environment it's a lot more difficult when you meet people in person your relationships change they just do so I feel like when you're trying to institute change in this virtual world that we're currently living in, it's definitely more difficult. But I have found that, that those who are open-minded and who ask lots of questions uh, are the ones that are more open to following through on the change, but also having their part to play. They understand what their role is, how they're contributing to it, and how valuable their part to, to play is in the institution of the change. And, and then they'll see the results at the end of the day. Well, thank you, Sarah. This has been a great conversation. Hopefully our listeners can take your advice and apply it to changes and transitions in their own organizations. If you'd like to continue the conversation on change management and driving connections through moments of transition, you can visit us at blueswiftconsulting.com. Thanks again, Sarah. Thanks, Alyssa.